Welcome to Because It's Tile, a podcast to help you understand the tile industry market in North America and the threats, trends, and opportunities within the marketplace. Listen as Rick Church, Executive Director of the Ceramic Tile Distributors Association, interviews tile industry leaders and creative professionals. And now, here's your host, Rick Church. Welcome to the CTDA Because It's Tile podcast. This is our third episode, and I'm excited today to have Joe Lundgren of Joe Lundgren Consulting with us. Joe is a longtime industry veteran, and I think he's got a lot of great insights that he'll share with CTDA's members and the industry through this podcast. Welcome, Joe. Thank you very much, and it's great to be here. Thank you. So, um, Joe, you're in Dallas, Texas. I am. Are you originally from Dallas? No, actually, born in Chicago. And then uh, at three years old, decided to move, family decided to move uh, out to California. And I uh, was uh, brought up in California and moved uh, to Dallas in 1997. So um, I like to say to people, I'm, I'm a Dallasite, but they know just by no accent that I'm truly not. Yes. Well, you and I are both Chicago natives and uh, both Texans at heart, I guess. So um, did, did you go move to Dallas because of a job? Yeah, that's when uh, I was with Dal Tile and Dal Tile. Uh, I was actually originally with American Olean and then Dal Tile acquired American Olean. And through that, there was some opportunities at the corporate office that became available for, for me. And so I moved my family in 1997 to Dallas. That's great. So maybe just tell us a little bit about your career path, if you don't mind. So the audience kind of knows your story. Sure, sure. You know, it was interesting. My, my uh, trip into the tile industry um, was through a friend of mine's father who who had his own tile installation business, and um, he was uh, he was a policeman actually, and so he was three days on, three days off. So every tile job we did had to be three days or no longer, um, typically what we did. And uh, I was his helper, i.e. grunt. I, and it was out in California, so I carried and mixed a tremendous amount of mud back in the day. You know, uh, we don't see as much of that being done and, and cut my hands up with lath and all those fun things that you do as a helper, uh, but learned a tremendous amount. And one day he said to me, look, uh, my job fell through, but they're looking for a warehouse guy over at American Only. And why don't you go on over there and apply? And I got the job on the spot. And that was in May of 1984. And uh, since that time, I have been in the tile industry from that point going forward. It, it worked out wonderful for me. I got tremendous experience at American Olean. Um, I actually left and went back to college and they reached out to me and allowed me to work um, up in San Jose where I went to college. They literally, uh, they, they probably wouldn't do it these days, but they gave me a key to the building and said, work when you want to work in the warehouse. And uh, it was fabulous for me with my my uh, college schedule. So I did that and then actually moved back down to Southern California, became a manager, then became a sales rep, then moved into area manager when Dal Tile bought American Olean Tile, moved to the corporate office where I um, actually ran the sample merchandising program for two years, then moved into product management where I did wall tile and glazed mosaics, um, got involved with the floor tile also, but then was promoted into the VP of marketing, which the last three years that I was there at Dow Tile, that was my position and learned a tremendous amount from the uh, the industry leader, Dow Tile. So it was a great, great career um, choice for me to move into, into Dallas and, and make that transition. That's fantastic. What a great story. And 
similar to so many stories in the tile industry. People who, who are in the industry, I find they grow up in the industry. Yeah, yes. Yep. And it's not one you want to leave. And a, and a big part of it, and I've heard on some of the other podcasts that the guys have done, is it's a great, fun industry. And, and even in our relationship, you meet great people, um, people who really want to better the industry and get it prepped, so to speak, no pun intended with our industry and prepping floors for the next generation. And you see a lot of the hard work being done for that in, in our industry. And I think it's we, we outpace other industries in terms of that um, education process and, and the mentoring process, so to speak. So is that, would you say, what you like best about the industry? Oh, without a doubt, the relationships. I'll tell you, and, and there isn't one person I met within the industry that I haven't learned something for, from. You know, my wife keeps saying to me, you know, you're, you're getting older, so that, that learning curve, you're hitting the, the, the peak of it. And I say, listen, there isn't a day that I don't get a call from, on, a, on the consulting side from somebody that asked me a question outside of my box, which today um, has gotten bigger just because I've gotten older um, and a, a whole lot more experience. But it's wonderful when I get these curveballs uh, thrown at me because I have no problem saying, I don't know, but let me research it and I'll find out. And where I find out is from all those relationships I've made over the years in this industry, everybody's willing to help one another to better the industry. So I don't think you see that in a lot of other industries. And that's what keeps people within our industry focused on it. That's fantastic. Um, tell us, what does Joe Lundgren Consulting do? What do you, what do, you do these days? You know, that's that's a great question. The, the, the second part of that these days is great because when I started um, – that was the big question. You know, I left Dal Tile and, and uh, for a myriad of reasons, biggest one was I massive, I traveled a lot and wasn't with my family. And I have two autistic children that keep me busy along with my wife's schedule. But um, I think probably the, the best story I have is when I got my first call and they said, what type of consulting do you do? And I said, what, what type do you need? And, and whatever the response was, I said, yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, and all kidding aside, it's really grown into sales and marketing primarily and also product management is a big piece. But I've even had the opportunity to start and greenfield some um, businesses coming into the United States. So I work a lot with international companies coming to the United States that may want to build a plant in the United States or just set up distribution. Then I've had the pleasure of working with many um, distributors across the country on a myriad of different projects for them. Um, so it's it's been a lot of different things, but sales, marketing, and actually building an entire business plan has been probably the bulk of what I've been doing. Fantastic. Let's kind of jump into what kind of market predictions do you have for the next three years for Tile? Oh, wouldn't everybody like to know that one? I always say, you know, if I had the crystal ball, I'd be at the horse track betting the ponies. But, um, you know, obviously we've seen this great, great growth for all the reasons that you all hear in the news of the residential piece. You know, we're at home and uh, the government's giving us money. And we're going to see a little influx here um, with the recent passage of the, um, the bill um, in Washington. So I think we're going to still see uh, a good blip coming up on the residential remodel piece. Um, but in addition to that, with interest rates staying low, we'll still see the new housing continue. And listen, you know, 70, 70, about 70% about of our industry is, is residential. So that's a great thing. 
The flip side of that is the commercial piece. And you know, I have a theory on the commercial work when everybody's saying, yeah, we watch the ABI, which is a great indicator, the Architectural Billings Index, but that measures architects' plans. And I think one of the things that we're going to see, Rick, different from before is we heard all this news about everybody saying, oh, everyone's going to work at home now. And so we see all the rental space in the commercial business really um, becoming available, a lot more space coming available. But one of the things that I think is going to happen is people are going to realize this, this working at home thing isn't for everybody. And we're going to have this mass influx of people coming back in to the rental spot you know, of, of commercial leasing. And so a lot of these commercial project, uh, commercial managers for properties I think we're going to see a lot of them remodeling. And the reason being is it's going to be a competitive game. They're going to come back and say, hey, what's the what's the facility look like? What are the amenities? And I'm already seeing it start to happen on some because they don't have the space filled. They're thinking this is the time to give the facelift. A lot of that doesn't show up on an ABI report. That's all done internally. So I think we'll see some some light um, towards the third quarter, fourth quarter on this is what I'm predicting on the commercial. You know, we hear a lot commercial is going to be dismal this entire year. I really don't think it's going to be. And I think we'll see some of these remodel things happening with the commercial property managers off of that ABI piece and not engaging an architect where they'll do it in-house. So I think we'll have a great year. I mean, we, we started out obviously year over year, significantly higher than 2020. And we'll start to see with between the domestic and the imports, we'll start to see that wane, that big, big growth that we've seen in the first quarter, so to speak. And I know we're still going through it, but the numbers are are, are great comparison to last year. But we all know where we were off of that base. So I think we'll still have a positive year. And I'd like to see us, you know, grow overall as an industry five, six percent, whereas I think last year we probably came in right about flat you know, with with the big onslaught towards the end of the year. Right. So uh, really great and interesting points there. Let me ask you as a follow up, what's going to keep with that commercial building opportunity that you're talking about, as well as really residential that's continuing, I think, to be successful. It's good, right? Residential growth is good. Housing starts are continuing to climb. What's going to keep um, the, the competitive products like LVT out of those projects? Oh, great question. You know, and I know we, we, we have to cross that one. You know, I, for all of us in the t- ceramic tile industry, strictly in the ceramic tile industry, um, when you look at LVT, you got to give that industry some kudos. Got to give it some kudos because one of the things is every time we turn around, there's a new acronym, whether we believe it in or not. Um, but they are very innovative and they're continuously coming out with new things and they're addressing the issues that get identified by us and other flooring industries um, with the problem with the product. So I think we still see that evolve. Um, you know, I'm a believer, Rick, that the LVT did impact the tile industry, but I think that we, we, have not seen the full impact. And it's a little scary in my theory. I I say it to some, but now I'll broadcast it to all in that if you look at the LVT industry, it's primarily been wood looks. Uh, 90% of it's been wood looks because we know the way they make it is very pedestrian with the sticker, a large sticker. And with wood looks cut into planks, you get a lot of different visuals, okay? Um, We have the benefit and have been hanging our hat on Inkjet for the last 15 years about how great and innovative it is, you know? And yeah, we've gotten Inkjet has gotten better and better and better. But once that, and, and we hear some reports of it, not necessarily seeing a lot of it in the marketplace. Once we see a direct print, 
on a WPC or an SPC rigid core product, when we see that direct print and they can do a 12 by 24 in a calicata, then we have to raise our eyebrows. That's that's when I think we're going to start to see a bigger impact if they really get to that point. Some have it now. And when you look at it, it's three faces, which means just three different designs. And we know on the ceramic tile side, it is a plethora of different faces and different designs on the tiles. You don't get a repeat in a thousand square feet. It's just beautiful. Ceramic tile is such a superior product to the LVT products. But one of the things that they've done great is the innovation. Another thing is they've gone to the public and they've really promoted the product with all these attributes that I think in the ceramic tile industry, you look back and go, well, God, we, we do that. That's us. But we never tooted our own horn, so to speak. And they got out in front and tooted their horn and they did a dang good job tooting it. And and uh, no pun intended there. But I, I think that at the end of the day, the other piece is that installation piece. And we see some, some uh, companies, um, my former employer, one with products to try and do the click together tile. And I think anything to address the installation piece. And I know Bart had talked about it on one of your previous podcasts, which was fantastic about addressing the installation issue. Um, and I think NTCA and other associations, the way they work together are doing a fantastic job of addressing that and trying to train installers the correct way with CTEF and the job that Scott Carruthers and others have done there has been um, something totally different than any other flooring industry. And, I, and that was kind of my long rant on that, but I'm, I'm really passionate about ceramic tile industry. And um, the, I can tell one quick story and, and, and you can cut it out if you like. My wife and I have a building that we built and uh, we're so proud of our expansion we put in and had quite a bit of tile, had carpet in some certain sections. Yes, the C word came out. Um, but then I did one room with LVT, just to test it. It was a small room, everybody. Um, but unfortunately, um, we had a pipe burst. And it wasn't because of the big freeze here. We had a pipe burst that ran for seven and a half hours in our building. And it, and it ruined the expansion, so to speak, that we had just completed four weeks prior. Um, when we got to the cleanup and did everything, all the carpet had to get torn up. The LVT, I walked on the floor. And as I was walking on the, um, doing the quote sign for those of you listening, waterproof floor. As I was walking across, water was spitting up through the joints and spraying on me because it was completely soaked <laughs> underneath. So the LVT floor had to come up. But then I had the joy of grabbing a big squeegee, walking out to the thousand square foot of 12 by 24 beautiful porcelain I have, and I squeegeed the floor off and it looked like it was installed yesterday. And, and not one problem with the ceramic tile at all, but every other flooring category had to be torn out. So that's my that's my rant on for those of you that ever uh, experience a flood. I hope you have tile in your place. It's a great story and and a, a true story. You heard it here, folks. There true you go. story from Joe Lundgren. So um, uh, let's switch gears slightly, Joe, and talk a little bit about the independent distributor. This is actually you know is the CTDA because it's Tile Podcast, so we ought to talk a little bit about distribution. And CTDA's members are the independent tile distributors. Mm -hmm. um, Broad question, and then maybe we can drill down a little bit, but what do you see as the future in this industry for independent tile distributors? You know, um, obviously, the, the, the distributors are the heart, I believe, of the industry um, with whatever number you want to put that on it. And we have the tile distributors and then some that are flooring distributors, which include other flooring materials. 
um, that will go into this kind of discussion. But one of the things that we've seen over the last 10, 15 years is, is the independent distributor losing some share, losing some share to the big box, um, losing some share to what I'll call the retail side. And retail, I put two people in that, two companies, the tile shop, who actually just announced their earnings today and are getting a little bit of a uh, revival, so to speak. You know, they're going to probably go back out on NASDAQ. So keep your eye on them. Um, And then in addition, the floor and decor, obviously, with the growth that they've come. And they have a different model than a traditional big box where they market to the pros. Um, Whereas a home center big box, they market to the consumer. And uh, the pro they found really influences that. And I think the distributors... In some cases, we've seen where we have not looked at what they've done. If you think about it, um, I, I heard one distributor once say to me, um, which stuck in my head, he said, we kind of uh, opened up the opportunity for some of this to go because people want to look at tile when they're, uh, the, the woman of the house wants to look at tile when their husband gets off work. We close at five o'clock. He gets home at 530. So what's open? The big box. We are closed on, the, um, on, on Sundays. They're open on Sundays. We're closed on holidays. They have sales on holidays. So we're starting to see that shift um, a little bit more. But one of the things that's happened is we've seen some of the distributors, what I'll call become, you know, the private equity groups get in there and start to consolidate them so that we they have a bigger footprint. And then they refer, I refer to that group, you know, as the mega distributors, the mega distributors who have locations across the United States that are not manufacturers. Um, we see those those growing, you know, actually, and they're getting the share. And that's where they have the relationships with those independent tile contractors, which I think is key, just like we see in the retail side. And you listen to Floor and Decor, who does a great job marketing directly to the pros. The big thing that I think the um, you see with CTVA is the partnership CTVA has with TCNA, NTCA, and, and all of the other associations in the industry to really help those independent contractors and grow their business. And that attracts them to the independent. And, and obviously with the independent, you're just not another number on the wall. You have a relationship there. And these guys need that for those times of when they need trouble. And that's re- when they get into trouble. We, every independent contractor runs into it, whether it's an installation or cash flow, they didn't get paid. That independent distributor has the relationship that a big box or a floor and a core or some other big company is not going to be able to do for them. And that's where we see the distributors really excelling in comparison to the other channels in the industry. So what you're really saying is it comes back to what you mentioned early on in this podcast, and that's that relationships are critical. The future of the independent tile distributor is to continue to establish and strengthen those long-term relationships that they have with their customers, the contractors, builders, et cetera. Yes, I would, I would totally agree with that. Yes. Thanks, Joe. Um, what's keeping you up at night right now? <laughs> are, you reading a, are you reading a good book or, uh, your, you know, your wife snores or is there something on your mind, heavy on your yeah, mind? There's, there's some topics you just don't go when your wife's in there. Um, my wife has supported me more than anybody, I think, in the industry. So you couldn't ask for a better one. I know you're not alluding to that. And you've met Kate in the past. Um, you know, I think... Um, for, for me, specific to the industry, when, when I think about what's keeping me up at night with the industry is continuing to educate and get to that consumer about the benefits of ceramic. That, that, that's one thing, because I think we, we, it's such a superior product. 
Um, you know, I always tease people and say my parents still uh, have been in their house since 1971 and they have the same ceramic tile in the kitchen that they had when we moved in. And it looks the same. You can't say that for any other flooring. Nothing. You know, nothing. And luckily for them, it's as as styles do, it's cycled through. So it's back up and it's in fashion right now. Can't say in the 80s and 90s it was. Um, but it, you wouldn't find another flooring that that would last that long. And that goes back to it was installed right. And one our industry, again, I think completely is superior to any other industry um, for flooring in terms of the training and the things that we have done to ensure that we'll have long-lasting installations. Because when one of those fail, obviously that gives the in industry a bad name. So I think those those things, the installation and the continued training of installers, which um, I think we have to continue going after the young, peel, young people. Um, and then other flooring products, other flooring products that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to keep in and, and get a piece of the action of ceramic tile. For the longest time, we were, you know, the second biggest flooring behind carpet um and you know other countries look at us and say why in the world do you guys use so much carpet we're slowly figuring out that carpet's dirty i have to say that um but we see lvt obviously getting a piece of the action now so um i think those two things from an industry perspective thanks joe what do you see this pandemic this last year and uh we're recording this on march 11th everybody so it's sort of considered to be the one-year anniversary, I guess, of the of this pandemic that we've all been living through, right? So um, what do you see, Joe, as the greatest challenge for the industry coming out of the pandemic? So, you know, we're going to get out of it here eventually. What's, what's the next greatest challenge we're facing as an industry? You know, I could I could pigeonhole you into let's talk March 11th, 2022, Rick, and, and have a recap of this one. But I, I think it will be much like other past pandemics. It will be forgotten personally. Um, and I think we'll move forward. But I, I think the advantage, obviously, I, I joked about carpet being dirty, different things. Hard surface in general is going to get an uplift from this because people are going to figure out that it's definitely something that from a health perspective, and we see a lot of the antimicrobials coming up and becoming much more important now on different types of products and, and getting promoted. But I believe that, you know, we'll, we'll take a step back and, and we're going to have a great growth year. Like I said, I think we'll grow five, 6% this year um, overall right now with when I uh, see in the industry and that in 2022, I think we'll see even a bigger growth of it because we've got, we, we still have some pent up demand and especially we're going to see that, um, in 2022 with the commercial side, I think we'll really see a burst on that side. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. I think everybody that's listening is looking forward to that growth that you're predicting. Amen. Tell me, what's one thing you'd like our audience to take away from our conversation today? You know, I, I think the biggest thing, and I've learned this over the year from years from my mentors, is get involved. I mean, get get involved. There's some association involvement you can get in, whether it's CTDA or NTCA or TCAA, um, or if you're up in Canada, you know, the um, the association there. I think that we definitely have to get more and more young people involved in the industry so that we can continue the improvement that's been laid down by our founders, so to speak, that have really been 
building on it year over year. And a lot of times we're thinking, oh, it's just my job kind of thing. No, if you're in this industry, you're in this industry. And it's something that you want to make sure that's going to continue on, not only for yourself, but also future generations like the generations before us did for us. So I'd say get involved and see where you can help to ensure that we continue to keep our share and grow our share against other flooring coverings uh, in, the, in, in the United States and even outside of the United States. Thanks so much, Joe. Uh, you've been listening to an interview with Joe Lundgren of Joe Lundgren Consulting, and this is... CTDA's Because It's Tile podcast. You've just listened to an episode of Because It's Tile podcast. Make sure to catch the next episode. Hit subscribe now. Visit ctdahome.org for more information, training materials, and education on the ceramic tile industry. Thank you for listening.